3: It is 11 a.m. on a chilly but sunny Tuesday morning in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports. On your home for University of Alabama Athletics, Tide 100.9 FM, Travis Ryers, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530. McFarlane Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. I've been asked Does Peterbrook ship the chocolate dip strawberries? The answer to that is no. And frankly, if anyone else is out there telling you they do, just beware that product may not be as fresh and delicious and delectable and delightful as your significant other. Uh, may like it to be upon arrival but here's the but peterbrook does ship other items in the store including those chocolate hearts that i told you about yesterday those big chocolate hearts that are filled with chocolate covered popcorn they can ship those for you at 205 call the chocolate lady right now she's there she's ready she's waiting on your order and they'll get you taken care of for the Valentine's Day holiday, February the 14th, just a couple of Sundays away. Joined on the program by executive producer Jacob Harrison, who together we combined to form the 60 minute boom of Sports Talk Radio. And Jacob Harrison just moments ago experiencing their Nirvana that came with the announcement that EA Sports does indeed plan to bring back its college football game. But you got to look into the details, right? When is it coming back? What is the game going to entail? With name, image, and likeness issues that we're still sorting through in collegiate athletics, what are the players going to look like? All those things. But all that being said, Jacob, what would you describe your happiness level? How have you been able to sustain that? in the last three or four minutes since that announcement.
2: I I think the only way I could have been any happier in any other given moment is if the Steelers won the Super Bowl. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I've been waiting eight years for this to to finally happen, and, you know – I, I, I know I sound like a giant nerd, but these were like the greatest games. Uh, and, you know, Madden always sells all the copies, but these games were always better than Madden. So hopefully EA Sports, you know, keeps up that trend, you know, almost a decade later. But I, I mean, we're excited. Whether it comes out, you know, sometimes later this year or if they wait. work on it next you'll,
3: year, you'll, I'm, you'll be I'm fine. I just need okay. it. <laughs> okay. You, 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 as long as there's the promise of the game coming exactly you you can <laughs> patiently bide your time now how old are you jacob i'm 26 years old <laughs> okay well my son our son is going to be 25 in a month and so i get it you know i'm i'm an old fart so i missed a lot of this as i told gary harris on his show uh in the previous half hour a lot of this stuff i just missed it you know i, I was an arcade kid more than a video game kid we had pinball and then the video games the arcade games like pac-man donkey kong all those started to drop when i was probably 13 14 15 years old and they were huge we loved them galaga games like that uh frogger games like that and they were converted to video consoles and things like that in the early stages of that of that mania the only way to describe it, but I kind of missed it. But for, but for our oldest, for Evan, I, I can tell you if, if he's woke up yet today, uh, out in Butte, Montana, he's, he's just like, you are, he's absolutely thrilled. So, Hey, look, if it makes someone happy, that makes me happy. So good for those folks. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. If you'd like to jump on board with us this morning, we'd love to have you on the show. Brent Beard of college sports today at first coast news will join us coming up. In just a little bit, we'll go around the Southeastern Conference like we tend to do with Brent on Tuesdays. National Signing Day, of course, set for tomorrow. We talked about this yesterday uh, with Hank South on the program. Not a lot for Alabama to finish up. Need to get Kamar Wheaton, the five-star running back, signed. Uh, Would love to add a guy like Terry Arnold, the safety from Tallahassee, to this class, but... uh, Pretty much the hay, the proverbial hay, is in the barn. Now, Alabama did get a commitment yesterday from a 2022. We've seen some of that in the last few days. Auburn with the quarterback commitment that we talked about on yesterday's program for 2022. Brian Harson's trying to finish up this 2021 class, too. We're going to get into some of that with Brent. Some of these jobs that have turned over, specifically in the Southeastern Conference, this is an important few days for those programs but the 2022s is already starting to jump on board. One of my favorite names, maybe ever, in Alabama football recruiting, Walter Bob. Now, I haven't checked the media guide at Alabama, but I got to think when it comes to surnames, there hasn't been another Bob for Alabama. But the defensive end from Arcadiana, Acadiana, Louisiana, 6'4", 245 pounds, commits to Alabama yesterday. Went and watched a little bit of his highlight tapes from this 2020 season, recently completed 2020 season. And Bob is a guy, you can see why Alabama likes him pretty quickly, okay? It's not just that he's got the critical factors for a young defensive lineman that Nick Saban, Pete Golding, his primary recruiter there in Louisiana, defensive line coach, Freddie Roach, that they like. It's that there's versatility with this guy. One play, he's lined up at sort of a two-technique defensive tackle inside. The next play, he's more of a five-technique defensive end. Another play, he's standing up on the edge. So when you look at him, and Hank South caught up with Bob's high school coach yesterday, and he sort of reiterated what you see for yourself on tape, this guy looks like a future base defensive end who's going to end up being 6'5-ish, 290, 295 pounds. You're going to be able to move him inside in the nickel and dime packages when you want to get after the quarterback, kind of like what you've seen from Alabama a good bit over the last really eight to 10 years. Just about since Nick Saban made the comment what was that, 2013, 2014, sometime around then, needed to get more twitchy on defense? That's what this guy is. This is a guy in Walter Bob that in 2008, 2009, at 6'4", 245 right now, you'd say, yeah, that guy's probably going to be a jack linebacker because he's going to have that size first and foremost to set the edge against the run, and then we can develop him into a pass rusher. It's kind of turned its way around now. With these edge defenders we need to know that these guys if you're a coach or a recruiter we need to know that this this guy has a, a high ceiling as a pass rusher and then we'll put weight on him, we'll grow them and we'll get more intricate in the details of playing the run secondarily and that's what you see in walter bob who is by the way the second commitment for alabama of the 2022 cycle he joins four-star linebacker Robert Woodyard of Davidson High School down in Mobile to go ahead and get on board for 2022. Woodyard is a top 70 player nationally, in case you hadn't heard, and he's among the top five inside linebacker prospects for next year's class. Two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. also on the recruiting front. We talked about Auburn and trying to finalize this 2021 cycle. Uh, Auburn, the last three or four days, been busy. Picked up a high school offensive lineman over the weekend. And then yesterday, in addition to Holden Grenier, the 2022 quarterback from Savannah, Georgia, that we told you about on the program, Auburn goes the junior college route yesterday, picks up Jocko Willis, maybe Joko. Uh 15th commitment for Auburn in the 2021 cycle. Uh, And he's a guy with the COVID situation and how it's impacted junior colleges. Kyrie Jackson, the Alabama signees this way too. Um, You know, these Juco's really haven't played much or, or a lot of these guys haven't played. And so Willis could have, I believe up to four years of eligibility left for the Auburn Tigers. Just some strange stuff uh, when you consider you know how COVID, and we'll talk again with Brent about this coming up, how it's impacting, you know, scholarship numbers and really the transfer portal, which is going to be an absolute mess as we move through this off season. You got men's college basketball of note here tomorrow night, of course, with the LSU Tigers visiting Alabama at Coleman Coliseum. Joe Lenardi, in his most recent bracketology there at ESPN.com, he has Alabama as still a two seed in the same region with Michigan as a one. The Wolverines, Jawan Howard has Michigan playing some great basketball. Michigan as a one seed, Alabama in that region as a two, Virginia as a three, and Texas Tech with your boy, Mac McClung. Chris Beard. As a four seed, uh, according to Lenardi's bracket, Alabama in its opening game would be matched up with Cleveland State. Big, big week for Alabama men's basketball. Boy, if you could get a sweep this week, if you could somehow sweep LSU and Missouri with Missouri on the road Saturday uh, and then be going into that stretch that we talked about yesterday, of uh, four opponents that headed into this week with a combined SEC record of 8-22. and 22. When you talk about South Carolina, Georgia, A&M, and Vanderbilt coming up in the weeks that follow this one for Alabama, you could be sitting in a really comfortable spot when you start having to look at a final three regular season games that consist of road trips to... Mississippi State, Arkansas, and then Auburn with Sharif Cooper here at Coleman Coliseum. Going to step aside for our first break. we come back, time for some Brent Beard on a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. More of the show right after this.
2: From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider for Alabama athletics. Hello again everybody, I'm Roger Hoover. The Alabama men's basketball team dropped one spot to number 10 in the Associated Press Top 25 poll and also moved up to number 7 in the USA Today coaches poll both of which were released on Monday. It marks the first time since 2002 that the Crimson Tide appeared in the AP Top 10 in the month of February. Alabama will return to action on Wednesday night when it hosts LSU inside Coleman Coliseum at 6 p.m., with radio coverage starting at 5 p.m. Central. It will mark just the second meeting this season between the teams, with the Tide taking the 105-75 victory over the Tigers back on January 19th in Baton Rouge. I'll have more in a moment. At Alabama, Coach Saban talks about the process. It's about doing everything the right way all the time to be successful. While at Dex Imaging, we believe in the process as well. Do the job right and take care of your customers to help them be more successful. With locations throughout the Southeast, including Mobile, Birmingham, and Tuscaloosa, put the process to work for your business. Contact the professionals at Dex Imaging. Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider of the Crimson Tide. Alabama head football coach Nick Saban announced the addition of Robert Gillespie to the Crimson Tide staff on Friday as the running backs coach. Over the course of his 17-year career in coaching, Gillespie has produced 10 NFL running backs, including 2017 Offensive Rookie of the Year Alvin Kamara. Gillespie arrives at the capstone after three years coaching running backs at North Carolina for then-head coach Larry Fedora for a season, and then two years for head coach Mac Brown. And that's your BAM update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Dex Imaging. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports
0: Lots of sunshine this afternoon. The high today in the upper 40s at 49. Clear tonight, the low at 28. Tomorrow, another sunny day, the high 52. For Thursday, partly sunny during the day. Rain moves in here Thursday night. The high at 60. I'm James Spam on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not...
3: with more of a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tide 100.9 FM, Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. And on Tuesdays, we like to head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line at about this time. Check in with our good pal, Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News, also a Heisman trophy voter mr brent beard brent how you doing on this tuesday
1: trying my mood well uh, as uh it is a bear it's pretty chilly down here i wonder i wonder if pops is uh have <laughs> having to wear socks in a toboggan during this week trap
3: we've kept pops busy of late the chocolate lady <laughs> and i down there we've had him sort of running this shuttle for us around yeah. Jacksonville. so uh, we've had pops on watch i guess we could call it i know he's uh He's always fired up for stuff like that. Anything to get pops out of the house and out of Nana's hair is a, is a victory is a victory for all involved. No doubt about it. Speaking of victories down your way, Dan Mullen, whatever talked about this yesterday, whatever you think of Dan Mullen as a recruiter from the traditional sense, as in he's at a place like the university of Florida. So how does Florida not live in the top five of the national recruiting rankings? On an annual basis, he seems to have found his niche with this transfer portal thing, Brent.
1: Yeah, uh, Eric Gilbert, obviously being the uh, uh, the latest one who everybody wanted, and in, in all uh, frankness with that. Um, so, and, and listen, the the here's the thing with their recruiting. I mean, right now they're tenth uh, in the nation in recruiting, which uh, is uh, in front. It sounds pretty good, but the problem is. Texas, A&M, Georgia, LSU, and Alabama are ahead of them. So you you may be doing pretty well in recruiting uh, as far as the traditional way, but then you're, uh, if you're Florida, you're struggling at 10th, but uh, do give him credit. And this came down, I understand, probably to Georgia, Florida, and, and obviously Kyle Pitts was the poster child for – um, the, uh, the the transfer portal uh, along that line. And, and listen, there's no doubt. I mean, Gervin Dexter, Demarcus Bowman, um, those are some of the guys that they have had in their transfer portal as of late. Now, they've got some guys who haven't really come together like Lorenzo Lingard, but you're right. uh, He he makes up for it in that transfer portal. But, but Trav, my question is, and, and a lot of Gator fans – that you know and I know we're asking the same question, when are they ever going to get a staff that really will have success in their traditional route of recruiting?
3: You know, I think it starts at the top with that, though. Just look at Alabama for more on that. The assistants come and go, and most recently what Alabama has lost just on the offensive side of the ball, that's important. I'm not discounting the value of continuity as much as anything else because of the networking involved and the – the consistency of the message from a particular brand uh, at the level of, say, Alabama, that's certainly impactful on young people and even high school coaches and the people around those prospects. But from what I can gather about Dan Mullen, it almost seems as if recruiting's a little beneath Dan, yeah, right? As if his ego just can't let him go all the way there in terms of what it takes to, to finalize and close out some of these young folks. And so, and, and also very much as high self-esteem when it comes to coaching and developing talent. I outlined some situations yesterday. There's documented success for Dan Mullen on that front. True. Look at how he maintained Mississippi State at a pretty high level mm-hmm. relative to that program uh, during his decade or so there in Starkville. That's the only thing I can kind of go back to, and, yeah. and I and right. I think I think Dan understands the value of assistant coaches too, but I'm not sure if he thinks it's all that big a deal.
1: Yeah I, I, yeah, I agree. And whether Trump, whether it's fair or not, the reality out there is, and even Gator fans will tell you this uh, because I hear it all the time, is uh, the the belief is there that Dan and that staff really don't like to recruit, and and look. Uh, whether they a lot of these staffs who are having success necessarily jump up and down about it because no doubt it's stressful and, and it's difficult. Uh, they're invested enough, particularly i.E Alabama, uh, and where it's the life blood of the program. So uh, I, I think right now Trump ended up to Mullen to change that perception at some point.
3: Dan is sort of the uh, the king of the three and a half star. You know yep. that's where that's where he sort of lives. And at Mississippi State, you could take that approach of we'll three sure. start up, absolutely. And we'll develop uh, a core that every two, three, maybe four years we're very relevant mm-hmm. uh, in the division discussion for a championship. Florida people don't want to hear that. No. The way that you're relevant on an annual basis, especially at a place like Florida, is that you recruit at a level that should make you relevant. On yeah. an, in other words, that's where the talent comes in. That's where recruiting really comes in is your ability to reload. Not, well, okay, we ran this wave with Kyle Trask and uh, Kyle Pitts and uh, Kadarius Tony and, you know, the, the skill players. Okay. we'll we'll get this next group in and in 2022 or 2023, We'll be right back in that mix again. Florida mm-hmm. fans don't want to hear that. No, best, no, best I can tell. No, and that's and, kind of Dan's. That's Dan's method. That's his system. It seems like.
1: Uh, and the other problem, travel that is, well, well, there's two things here. You and I have talked about this for years. We we pretty well know what Dan's basement is, but we don't quite yet know what the ceiling is. But the other thing, the the other thing we can't ignore is these transfers travel more on the offensive side of the ball. And what some people are noticing is where this defense has been slipping, i.e. the, the uh, this last season. And when is that group going to be fortified by uh, either uh, traditional recruiting or the transfer uh, situation?
3: Yeah, and at the coordinator level, Todd Grantham yeah. obviously right. under fire right now after the performance of that defense throughout the 2020 2020- Season, It's almost as if he's getting a COVID pass a little bit there. Uh, And then the expectation being, well, it'll reset in 2021. It'll be back to the standard that folks expect from Florida defenses. Speaking of standards, Brent, it's gotten to the point around here where the late Uh, uh, signing period is just another Wednesday in February. Yes. Alabama, as we know, largely has pretty much all of the heavy lifting done. We're on Kamar Wheaton watch, I guess, up here. <laughs> yeah. Also yeah. interested in a guy down there in the panhandle in Tallahassee, Terry and Arnold, a safety uh, from Tallahassee. But uh, otherwise, Brent, uh, there's there might be more talk about Alabama LSU basketball
1: <laughs> tomorrow night. The yeah. national
3: signing day on yeah. the first Wednesday in February, Brent.
1: Well, years ago, that that would almost been heresy, but uh, at this point, that's just the way that it is uh, along that line. So, yeah, the two you mentioned, or the uh, or the, the the primary candidates uh, that they are looking at, and, and again, you know, this is sermon on another day, but it brings up the point that 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 we're hearing down here too is uh, where will, will we eventually travel we eventually do away with the uh, early signing period and the Feb- february signing period right now it looks like we could almost do away with the february signing period uh and or and or move some move one of them to uh, either august or september so uh th- this time of year that's still kind of what we're uh hearing along that line which which certainly brings up some uh Interesting speculation, particularly that uh, the proverbial, hey, is in the barn by tomorrow, right?
3: Yeah, and I I think we're at the point where if we're going to have two signing periods, um, we're going to have an early period, we're always still going to have a late one. Yeah, I I don't know how you can facilitate all of the uh, specifically FBS level schools Mm -hmm. because so many G5s sort of are able to do a good bit of their shopping after the early period, after the power fives Mm -hmm. sort of stockpile their early guys. I would think that's when, if you're a G five, you're able to kind of come back in January into early February and really do a good bit of your work. But I will say this with the coaching turnover, uh, at places like Auburn, Tennessee, South Carolina within the sec, um, and even some places where there wasn't turnover, uh, yeah. Alabama is kind of the exception still, isn't it, in terms yes. of getting so much done in the early period? I mean, there's still – Auburn's got a lot to, to get done here late and, and has done that in the last couple of days over the weekend with Brian Harson getting a couple of 2021s and a 2022 quarterback committed. Uh, th- this isn't everybody that, that's doing what Alabama's doing.
1: No, and Auburn had like fourteen uh, c- commitments a few days ago, so they they had double digits in, in order to play with there. And and also for your for your listeners, I think something else to keep in mind. I'll just touch on it briefly. Is University of Miami, uh, who Alabama starts off with. There, there's as you know, there's a lot of talk in Coral Gables about. Uh, the new additions to the uh, coaching staff like Travarius Robinson, T. Rob, who thought was going to Florida. their 10th with 21 verbals uh, and uh, a lot of excitement down there, frankly, with Gary with, uh, King coming back. But I can still assure you in the midst of all that talk that we'll hear over the next several months, uh, that I, I can assure you, Trav, that roster particularly defensively it's nowhere near where it needs to be in Miami
3: and you got De'Aaron King himself right coming off a yeah. knee injury in the That's bowl right. game do we Absolutely. do we have an updated sort of no. status on where he's at probably won't until we get into you know march april into early summer to kind of figure out exactly where he's at as we get ready for Alabama Miami at Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, in early September there uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, of course. And speaking of spring, it sounds like, and we expected this, there's going to be spring football. I guess sort of figuring out the parameters that it's going to work within. Right. Perhaps, Brent, I believe Ross Dellinger reported mm-hmm. on this, uh, the NCAA may grant a wider window to get in those practices because of COVID-19, give yeah. you more opportunities, more dates to fit in those 15 practices?
1: Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, Coastal Carolina is already uh, practicing, uh, which is interesting. Uh, so, so, yes, I, I, normally it's like 15 practices over 34 days. They may go, what, Trav, I, I'm not sure, 40, 45, maybe something of that nature. Uh, and, uh, but it, as a matter of fact, uh, there was an article out last week, Trav, that Georgia's spring game is uh basically set for april 17th so wow. and, again, and again we don't know what the crowd situation is going to be it's probably way too early for that and by the way speaking of Dellinger, uh, what what came out earlier today uh, ncaa plans to adapt uh the one-time transfer exemption no later than april uh and that's according to the uh Oversight Chairman, uh, with that. So uh, look, uh, and and there's no one better to do it than Nick Saban. But well, but what we're talking about here, and people say think this is a da- a down period. A look from now to uh, the end of April, uh, Trev. This roster management, <clears throat> I'm guessing, is going to be a challenge for everybody, isn't it?
3: Well, the portal is going to be a disaster. Uh- you know, Absolutely. the, the early indication is a lot of young folks, not only going to be without an opportunity to play college football, but more importantly, have an education paid for yeah. And yeah. so how that's going to work, maybe the NCAA, again, grants some leniency in terms of cap numbers, uh, even for next year, perhaps moving forward, uh, because it, it, it isn't pretty, it isn't no. shaping up to be no. pretty at all. And, you know, you see guys in the portal from Alabama and places like that. Well, they've got landing spots, sure. but you see some guys jumping in the portal from G5s mm-hmm. uh, and programs like that. Well, right. you know, you, 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 what's next? I mean, that's yeah. the, the big really? concern you have more so more so for the, the young people than even mm-hmm. trying to figure out the math where the schools and programs are concerned. We're talking with Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News on a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. So, college hoops again. Look, even if Alabama didn't have a lot of the work done on the football recruiting front, people here still jacked about this Alabama men's basketball team even after the defeat at Oklahoma over the weekend. The SEC, though, uh, even with the loss by Alabama, came out in pretty good shape in that SEC Big 12 Challenge. Brent, was there... A performance or two, good or bad, that maybe surprised you from the
1: uh, SEC perspective. Uh, well, and speaking of uh, LSU, uh, uh, Trev, <laughs> uh, listen, did anybody expect LSU to be outscored 12 to nothing in the last few minutes? Uh, I don't think
3: LSU did.
1: No, no they did no. not. No, by yeah. any stretch, imagine that. And, and and I'll and I'll tell you this, uh, I thought Trev, I thought Florida. That win at West Virginia over Huggy Bear said Mm -hmm. a lot about what, uh, and listen, they have stepped it up, uh, frankly, as of late, uh, which is a big plus for them. And this, Trev, this Castleton kid, I'm I'm curious what you think about him, uh, 6'11 SEC Player of the Week, Uh, has really come on uh, and frankly this team has caught fire a little bit and they've got some some of their easier games coming up Alabama's about to do the same thing but Trav does it how much does it surprise you after obviously Johnson was Florida's uh, most valuable player unfortunately in his situation with the with the heart COVID thing but amazingly Trav they're seven and three since they lost him
3: yeah, and the Alabama went over Florida earlier. It looks bigger and bigger because they don't see they don't see Florida twice. No, so with that one matchup, they have the hammer. Which when you talk about this week for Alabama from that perspective, Missouri yeah. probably the bigger game than even LSU. Even though both those teams have three losses in the league, you've already beaten LSU once you're only going to see Missouri once. So you really need to take care of business, if at all possible, in Como on Saturday if you're Nate Oates' team. Brent, anything else we can get into before we get out of here on a Tuesday segment with you?
1: Uh, And, Trav, speaking of LSU, Will Wade said Darius Days uh, is out for a couple of weeks with a knee injury. I I think that's going to be – Um, uh, very unusual and and listen I've saved this note for you uh, and not that I'm trying to be disparaging against both of them but I'm going to tie this into hoops is uh, this weekend the first matchup between Duke and North Carolina both teams unranked for the first time since February 27th 1960. Wow. So, uh, uh, and look, as much respect as we have for both those programs, especially with Kay and Duke, Trev, doesn't that uh, doesn't that tell you the state of college basketball uh, with how much the blue bloods are struggling this year?
3: Yeah, Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke, Kansas, Kansas just got curb stomped yes, on national really television did, by I? Tennessee over the weekend, which makes you think. Maybe this is going to be the Tennessee we expected to see mm-hmm. all along yeah. down the stretch here, especially with Jaden Springer back in the lineup and available. Um, you know, it's crazy, and I think a lot of this has to do with the SEC sort of reinventing itself True. in basketball over the last oh, five yeah. years. I don't watch, I don't watch a tenth of as much of ACC hoops as i used to now maybe the acc's taking a little bit of a step back it obviously doesn't help when carolina and duke are in their current situations but i've always enjoyed watching carolina and duke in the acc i haven't watched i haven't watched a combined five minutes of carolina or duke this year i've been pretty much honed in on sec hoops uh Mm. almost exclusively so Mm. Uh, kind of speaks to a couple different things, I guess, for both leagues. Well, Brent, as always, appreciate the time with us here on Southern Fried Sports. Always great stuff. Look forward to doing it again next week.
1: Me too, pal. Can't wait. Take care.
3: There you go. Brent Beard. If you haven't already, give Brent a follow on Twitter at Brent Beard, B-E-A-I-R-D. Back with more of a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. today.
0: You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tied 100.9 and streaming on the Tied 100.9 app.
3: fried sports you may have guessed it by now tuesday your playlist theme for today's program a little till tuesday there coming back from the first break and a little tuesday afternoon by the moody blues there on a gorgeous tuesday chilly tuesday football weather out there in west central alabama today travis Ryder, senior analyst for BamaOnline.com, online.com with you here on the program each and every Weekday from 11 a.m. until noon. We got Super Bowl double nickels, right? This is 55. See, the Roman numerals get me every time. I believe, Jacob, this is, in fact, Super Bowl 55 coming up on Sunday. Am I correct in that? Maybe. Maybe not. Um, But, you know, the one thing that's a constant, whether you got a great interest in the game or not, The Super Bowl spread. And on Twitter earlier today, I threw out the question. You can have, because ground beef, ground beef and chicken wings, staples, staples of any Super Bowl spread, tailgate spread in general. You can have one dish made of or including, that includes ground beef, but it's not a hamburger, What's the dish you're going to choose? Not a hamburger, but it's consist of ground beef. What are you going with? Jacob has a pretty good one. We talked about it during the commercial break. We'll have to get that from him. But uh, for me, I'll tell you what I'm going with. We've had a lot of submissions. It's Taco Tuesday, so I think that resonates with a lot of folks. have had a lot of feedback on the Twitter for tacos. Uh, Ma Meatloaf. Has shown up prominently in the responses. Good old meatloaf. You can't beat that, especially on a day like today. I think with the weather, you know, we've seen some chili show up in there too, a good bit, and the uh, ats. But for me, and it was my pa- pal, Justin Tidwell, actually on Twitter, I've known Justin. He's actually a friend of the younger brother. And I've known Justin for probably, gosh, 30 plus years. And Justin. He lives in Tennessee now but he is fortunate enough to have experienced Nana's stuffed Italian shells they are unbelievable absolutely unbelievable stuff with that ground beef cheese sauce on top i would probably i would probably have to go with Nana's stuffed shells justin i agree i'm glad justin brought that up I'm ready for some more of those. I got to get down there, see if Nana can get those for us. Pops doesn't deserve them. Put them that way. They're that good. They're that good. 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Brook Chocolatier studio line. Uh, Puxatani Phil today, Groundhog Day. Speaking of ground beef, about groundhog. Puxatani Phil. You know, I talked with Gary Harris about this on his show. I'm over. I'm over Phil. Because he's done this now for like 135 times, 135 years, I guess. And only on 29 times, on 29 occasions, has he not seen his shadow. 106 in favor of seeing his shadow. Just nine when it comes to not seeing his shadow. So Phil Phil seeing his shadow... Is like a 45 point favorite. It's not even an intriguing matchup anymore at this point. It's just a given. He's going to see his shadow. There's going to be six more months, six more weeks of winter. It is what it is. Kind of over Puxatani Phil. You know what was interesting last night, too, from the sports perspective? Big Monday on ESPN, and you think about the kind of week or so that Oklahoma men's basketball has had. You know, we talk about this Alabama team being beat up and tired and trying to push through the grind at this point. How about OU coming off that game against Alabama on Saturday and Norman turns right around and goes to Lubbock to play? This applies to Texas Tech, too, because it got all of the 40 minutes it wanted from LSU and Baton Rouge those two teams on the hills of those games turn right around on Monday and play in Lubbock. And it was about as ugly as you might have thought it would be on the heels of last week. Texas Tech, a 57-52 winner over the Sooners. A Chris Beard special, I'd call it. Again, though, give Oklahoma a lot of credit. Dealing with some adversity and still, still very much competitive. We're going to head to our final break when we come back. We'll put a wrap on a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this.
0: Lots of sunshine this afternoon. The high today in the upper 40s at 49. Clear tonight, the low at 28. Tomorrow, another sunny day, the high 52. And for Thursday, partly sunny during the day. Rain moves in here Thursday night, the high at 60. I'm James on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tom.
3: Southern Pride Sports right here on Tide and, uh, FM Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BOL with each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon how about some Tom Brady prop bets for Sunday in Super Bowl 55 I found a couple I like I'm not telling you to do anything I'm just saying I'm just saying these sort of stood out to me when it comes to Tom Brady playing in his 10th Super Bowl first without the New England Patriots. I like if I were, if I were, I'm not, and I'm not telling you to, but I find the interceptions total for Tom going into Sunday's game to be particularly attractive. It's a hook. The total is a half interception for Tom Brady. I think he's going over. He threw three in the second half against the, uh, Packers last well in the NFC championship game I think and I'll tell you why this all sort of ties in I like over the half interception I like over the 39 and a half pass attempts because I think I like Tampa Bay's defense but I think it's going to be one of those games where Brady's gonna have to throw it a good bit gonna have to try to keep keep pace. Uh, so, I like over the 39.5 attempts, over the 24.5 completions, over the half interception. You can get a, just about any Tom Brady prop bet you want. You can also get them kind of in comparison to Patrick Mahomes on the other side. You can get odds for Tom Brady to win Super Bowl MVP. Pretty good value in that one right now. He's a plus 210 to pay if he wins the MVP. That's pretty good value Uh, because I got to think if the Bucs win, he's the MVP. I like the Chiefs to win, so obviously one I wouldn't probably be all that interested in. But the Tom Brady, Tom Brady prop bets. Uh, No prop bets on National Signing Day for tomorrow. Uh, Pretty much when it comes to Alabama, it is what it is. I was asked earlier today, (laughs) thought it was kind of funny. And, you know, I get it. Just because of class has a historic rating, ranking like this one has, doesn't always mean that you hit all the areas that you really needed to hit. But man, when you look at this group, I I don't don't see how you can look at a spot and not think it did extremely well. And I start more on the lines of scrimmage pretty much on an annual basis. And with this class, more so on the offensive side of the ball. And when you're top two in early enrollees or five star offensive tackles like JC Latham and Tommy Brockermeyer, mission accomplished, you know, with Alex Leatherwood moving on to the National Football League. Yes, you have Evan Neal back. Uh, but you obviously have a need there at one of those tackle spots, and we've seen it in the past. Alabama, uh, no fear when it comes to inserting a true freshman, whether it was Cam Robinson, Jonah Williams, you know, guys like that true freshman at the offensive tackle position. So that's sort of what you're anticipating with J.C. Latham from IMG, Tommy Brockermeyer from All Saints Episcopal, along with his twin brother James at the center position as a part of this class. Both those guys early enrollees to go along with J.C. Latham. And then staying on offense, playmakers. Playmakers for Bryce Young brought in three solid guys last year in the 2020 class, but... You got a couple of five-star-ish wide receivers. Ja'Cory Brooks is a composite twenty-four-seven sports twenty-four-seven sports composite five-star uh, already enrolled from IMG Academy. Ajay Hall, a high four—I mean, just under a five—at also six-three from Bloomingdale, Florida, or Bloomingdale High School in Valrico, Florida. You've got those guys already on campus. Um, Christian Leary, another wide receiver from the state of Florida, 5'9", 190 to go along with, uh, with Jojo Earl, who you also signed in the early period. So between those four guys and the three guys you brought in last year, you still have John Mechie, Slade Bolden, Xavier Williams should be in pretty good shape at wide receiver. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you're going to have another Devonte Smith. Jerry Judy Henry Ruggs Jalen Waddle type of quartet out of that bunch, but as a group, you should be good. And I think, I think what we're going to learn about Bryce Young is he is in fact one of those quarterbacks that can elevate guys around him, make them better. And so, and he's going to need to do that right out the gate. You know, Bill O'Brien talked about this in the last couple of weeks. Bill O'Brien didn't take it over what Sark took over. Two years ago. When you think about two years ago and what Sark inherited from Oxley, well, not just Tua, Najee, the wide receivers that were still here, and Jedrick Wills, Alex Leatherwood is your offensive tackles. and You were pretty well set across the board on the offensive side of the ball. Bill O'Brien isn't getting that luxury, that benefit in taking over. He's breaking in a first-year starter at quarterback. He's breaking in a first-year starter at running back. He inherits a really good third receiver, more of a number two, a true number two last year. John Mechie was deserving of that title. It, he's going to be asked to be more of a one now. Offensive lines turning over. So uh Bill O'Brien's got a little more on his plate than did Stark, Sark a couple. Of years ago. Hey, that's going to do it for a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. As always, we appreciate Brent Beard joining us here on the program as he does on Tuesdays. And that Tuesday lunch whistle, a place where I enjoyed watching the Alabama Oklahoma game on Saturday. Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Of course, I had the Thai chicken pizza on Saturday when i was in there and you can have it today at heat pizza bar for just seven bucks starting at six o'clock that's right seven dollar thai chicken pizzas today on tuesday starting at six o'clock we got two dollar domestics for you on tuesday as well heat pizza bar downtown tuscaloosa at government plaza till 11 a.m on wednesday have a great rest of your tuesday everybody